it's a definitely an incredible pillar of a moment that allowed institutions to recognize a major moment in the culture um and i'm very grateful for this purpose again i don't think it could happen by a technology it could only happen because of culture because culture brought community and this keyword i know to you so much but i am every morning going to my discord and writing from my heart a thank you like every morning i'm writing because because the artwork is not just an image not just a digital file it connects and when it connects creates communities and those communities grow and that's when the attention from the world taken um, and i think this is a very incredibly grateful moment for many creators welcome to the nft now podcast Every Wednesday, we speak with trailblazing artists, collectors, and technologists about how NFTs are redefining the creative economy and how you can be a part. I'm Sam Heisel. I'm Alejandro Navia. And I'm Matt Medved, and we're on a mission to empower the creators of culture. Welcome to the show. Matt, what's good, man? How you feeling? I'm feeling great, Sam. How about yourself? I'm pumped. We got a very special guest, man. Uh, this man's art, Rafiq Anadel's art is next level. If you haven't checked it out online, definitely do yourself a favor and go do so right now. Who, who, who is Rafiq? Enlighten yeah, us, Matt. Oh, I will. I will. Rafiq Anadel, man, like pioneering artist at the intersection of AI, technology-driven art, and immersive installations where he's really made his name globally. Um, he's also fully embraced the NFT space with some of his collections like Machine Hallucinations and Living Architecture. He's been bridging the gap between the URL and the IRL in increasingly innovative ways. Speaking to him, you know you're talking to someone whose mind is just at the forefront of this space. Uh, what are you excited about, Sam? Yeah, I think that there's, he's definitely no stranger to the intersection of art and technology. He's been a, a media artist for a while, really innovating upon how he can ingest these massive data sets and, and run them through these different AI models to create this, this immersive, magical, beautiful art. So I think NFTs obviously are this kind of technological innovation that have changed art. And I think it's been cool to see for him, somebody that's been this new media digital artist for a while, speak to how the, the fine art world has begun adopting more digital art because of the rise of NFTs. But his, his understanding at this intersection of technology and art goes far beyond just NFTs. So to have him talk about other technological innovations that are pushing art and creativity forward is really, really fascinating. Um, there's a lot to cover. We dive into kind of demystifying artificial intelligence, speaking on some of his upcoming projects. He definitely has a, a project right now for his first ever Christie's auction with his living architecture project and series. So really excited to dive into this week's episode. Before we do so, if you haven't already, be sure to go to nftnow.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter where we digest what's happening in the NFT landscape into an actionable breakdown of everything that's going on in the market. So without any further ado, let's jump into this week's episode, Rafiq Anandah. Rafiq, how you doing today, man? Pretty good. How are you, Matt? Great to get to be in virtual world again. Likewise, very happy to have you on the NFT Now podcast. Um, you've done so much in this space already, and I'm excited to, to dive into it. But why don't we start at the beginning? Tell us a little bit about your backstory. How did you get into NFTs? Yes, so I'm a media artist practicing, I guess now, 14 years. Uh, 2008, I think I coined the term data painting. 
And then since then start using, you know, visual programming languages called VVV and processing and then so on and so on. Like life was really like built on these like creative tools around the software and hardware. But NFTs, I think started in my practice 2000, actually, okay, 2014, 15, early, early crypto uh, enthusiast. And I guess a, a very a humble investor, 16, 17 mining a lot because working with GPU computation, computer graphics, it was a very natural fit. <laughs> and then I guess 18 summer, 2018 summer, one of my collector from uh, Europe called, actually from WhatsApp left a message saying, I cannot sleep without putting your artwork, which was a very physical TV uh, focus, virtual uh, video piece. He said he cannot sleep without putting the piece in, in his digital wallet. Like that was the time I learned about the idea of someone feeling unhappy or unsecure because physical thing doesn't in the virtual space that he has. That's where I learned about NFTs. Um, and, and since then, the life changed. I'm grateful for the community, everything going around there. Uh, ups and downs, everything. Everything together, incredible. Yeah, no, it's fascinating. I'm curious too, because I mean, obviously you're no stranger to like, digital art right you've been working with this for a while how do you feel nfts as a technology have helped bring more attention and create more value for this whole world of digital artists i think that we had we had seen incredible success stories incredible um attentions that are giving like people's incredible journey park's incredible journey many other great artists incredible pieces made a significant attention um in a meaningful and purposeful way um so it, i think it was a fantastic moment for me from i guess my hum my humble bubble of like creative world people were always like skeptical about digital art like always always and i think I was a little bit privileged, I guess, because my early works have been commissioned by the Silicon Valley, like the people who have been inventing the hardware and the software. And I was always in the, like these, you know, collections of people who are inventing algorithms, again, hardware and software. But it doesn't mean that the art world was, you know, understanding the potential of digital art, potential of using hardware, software. It was a very limited uh, audience or limited people. But I think NFTs allowed many people to learn about digital art. And many major institutions, such as now MoMA collaboration, upcoming other major collaborations, the thing became significantly an exciting moment in the history. I love that. I love that. Let's talk a little bit about what inspires you artistically. I know that AI, machine intelligence are big parts of what you do. You spend a lot of time experimenting with different data sets. You're artistically visualizing different data-centric patterns. Tell us about that. Take us take us under the hood. Yes. So first of all, a little bit maybe background. Uh, my very first journey with computers, I was eight years old and I had been like clinically addicted to games till end of high school. Like I love games. I'm coming from the game world and imagination of a machine as a friend, AI players, like, you know, humbly programming in this like Commodore, uh, very early computers. But I think what was much inspiring is in the undergrad years, the idea of using a thinking brush, the idea of using data as a pigment. When I said in 2008, people were laughing because like, how can data become a, you know, pigment? How can data become a, you know, sculpture? But actually, if you think that data is a form of a memory and this memory can take many shapes and forms, it can go beyond our data science, information viz world of predictions of like plotting charts in a way of to understand the data itself. So what was also inspiring is the poetics of data, the idea of like using memories of nature, such as wind data, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, heartbeat, EEG signals, and so on. 2016 was a much inspiring year. By the way, before that, 
I'm not alone. I have an incredible team of people. We are 15 people, can speak 15 language and represent 10 countries. I'm deeply grateful for my team. It's a kind of a school of thoughts, but leading together, imagining. And I, we, we love computation. We love future. But the whole idea behind studio is public art. So we start as a public art, meaning art is not for the walls of the buildings and the museum and galleries. Art should be for anyone, any age, any background in the world. The idea of finding the language of humanity. And this was the core mission of our journey in the art context. And what happened was, I guess, our first works are public art, but NFTs and the blockchain is a very similar context because it also allows us like, you know, distribute the information publicly, access to everyone, transparent, open. That feeling and the public art to me from heart connected. And as a team, we really deep dive into every single data sets, by the way, 2016 is an important year for many artists. Maybe they remember the deep dream from Google. And that was a very important day because like an AI potentially creating a visual that you can feel connected, right? Like these animal faces, people are like speculating, like, is it like a hallucination? Is it like, you know, machine on certain like substance? But actually it was machine learned from a certain a certain context of memory, and it can hallucinate. Um, I'm grateful 2016 in San Francisco, in February, there was an event called Deep Dream. I think it's the origin. That day, for the first time in the world, AI art was commissioned, auctioned publicly to support local San Francisco artists. And the event is called Deep Dream. Please have a look. I think it's a very historic event. And I was the only one in the event like literally not from Google or engineer or a scientist, but I love working with data. And that day I got my residency from Google. 2016 to me is a year of innovation because finally I was working with one of the best engineers in the world and our team was learning from how to use AI to make art. Um, it was a year, the question was, if a machine can learn, can it dream? Which was a gen algorithmic research. So 2016, literally we trained our first AI model and 2016, we start machine hallucinations. Uh, so the use include dynamics with the machine decisions. Um, and I think last six years, we download more than 2 billion images. We'd, in last six years, we trained more than 100 AI models. And we have more than six petabytes of raw data collected to make art. I believe we may be one of the highest uh, research art studio, hands-on, uh, creating artworks through big data. That's that's phenomenal. I mean, that's that's amazing, and uh, super cool just to see how you're experience, uh, experimenting and really bringing it to life. And I'm sure your uh, approaches continue to evolve. I, I'm curious, as I mean, you mentioned 2016 was a big year. You, you're constantly testing these different technologies, these different data patterns, exploring these unique ways to bring them to life and turn data into this beautiful art. Is there anything specific with NFTs from the technology side that you feel changes the creative canvas? I know certain yes. artists has, have been able to experiment and let their art evolve over time. What, 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 what does NFTs bring to the table? So it's an incredible question because first of all, I don't really don't know still how to draw properly. Like I, for me, the pixel voxel, whatever the virtual space is always like where the ideas first you know, comes alive. So for a person really don't have a physical direct connection, first of all, NFT as an idea of like digitalized dreams of a creator go to the blockchain or minting machine dreams or memories is not too weird. It's just so natural, I think. And from there, what was very inspiring is NFTs as an accessing an idea of art at the same time across the 
universe that can have an access to this you know, technology, right? So that was a very inspiring, but also we have been practicing with real-time graphics. We have been working with like ever-changing artworks, never the same patterns. So last literally eight years, we developed many computer graphic breakthroughs in the studio. And I was always like looking for like, okay, how can we more talk about this and share about this? So NFTs, I think like in our Sotheby's uh, auction last year in November, we were able to invent an infinite AI dreaming uh, about space. In our MoMA collaboration recently, we did a piece that is dreaming on 230,000 every single MoMA artwork collection and infinite dreaming. Like this infinite keyword became a truly a meaningful value in the art. So I love this point of view of an NFT that is, you know, you have, you have a piece as a one-on-one collector can connect this, this machine to the network validate itself who is the collector and it knows the collector has an awareness and then now i am dreaming for you as much as my body of hardware and the power is there so this idea of like living pieces living artworks now became real love that love that and Rafiq, i love your energy i can tell how passionate you are about this it's awesome to see and like one thing i think is so cool is that in addition to all of these like going down these rabbit holes and like really like like channeling all these like really fascinating intersections of technology and art you're also like you've done some very large scale activations in the past like you have been taking this from that url to the irl uh and i'd love to hear your thoughts on what are what have been a like some of your favorite instant relations to date and be like when you're creating these immersive experiences like what are the most like key factors that you're most intentional about great great question because i think 2010 i was able to create my very first immersive room and it was like almost 12 years ago being able to like immerse the audience with the idea that it's beyond just two-dimensional world of screens like being able to step inside a world that you can literally be in three-dimensionally feel the piece there was always this like ultimate dream, like I mean, one day stepping inside the mind of a machine, stepping inside like these alternative worlds. Sometimes we can touch, feel, smell, scent, and like that idea was always there as like a very childish dream. Um, and what happened, I think, thanks to more projection technology, 2012, um, I did this project called Infinity Room. So Infinity Room was inspired from Kusama's Infinity mirrored rooms, but instead of her static world, I was imagining a world that is infinitely transforming. And in this room, there is no ceiling, there is no floor, like the blockchain, like the universe, you know, like the mind in the space in the machine. So this idea, by the way, is super childish, right? When I go to my child, you know, when I was a child, like going to my room, opening the door, like seeing the floor, same window, same, you know, floor and ceiling, it was boring. And I was like questioning this, like, why is this earth is always the same? Actually, very similar idea. So I designed this room, which was a super simple 12, by 12 feet by 12 by 12 feet, a cubicle space, four projectors, ceiling, floor is mirror. You open the door and you're in this like nothingness and the music and the visual narrative and algorithms transforming the space. So this idea grew over the last 10 years. And 16 was an AI immersive piece, archive dreaming, and at Sotheby's, it was the very first time. Immersive room, the physical immersive room became NFT in Hong Kong. And that was a really interesting experience because first of all, a collector owns an NFT, a token attached to a physical room. That room dreams, the, 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 the dreams, the machine's memories of Hubble telescope, MRO telescope from the Mars or ISS. So basically you are going to this physical room that AI dreaming these spaces as an NFT was a very, very exciting. But also the other large scale projects such as 
our Miami installation in Faena, thanks to our wrist collaboration and Pablo, an incredible collector, Jimena curator, they allowed me and us as a team to put a giant media wall into the beach. Like literally, you can watch the sunrise, sunset, which is, I think there is no way you can beat nature as a museum. I don't know if there's any museum, you know, in the world, please. But being in the, in the, in the like under the sun or at night under the sky, an AI dreaming underwater universe. That piece was an auction, which was a very meaningful because first the piece became a physical piece and then became an NFT and on a one-on-one auction. I believe when the art becomes public piece and touch someone's mind and soul publicly and then becomes an NFT in a collection, I found this very powerful and very meaningful and exciting and purposeful. The second, I mean, the third time this happened also in Berlin in St. Agnes, in Koenig Gallery. By the way, Gallery is also like incredibly pushing the boundaries, such as a very uh, well, I think it's one of the best gallery in Germany and mostly in, also in Europe. Johann Koenig and his team said, let's bring it on. Let's do an NFT project in the gallery and let it open to the public. So we installed 35 feet by 30, like 10 meter by 10 meter, a giant media wall in a former church, St. Agnes, and it was open only for four weeks. We got 200,000 audience. And it was, I believe, one of the most visited NFT project, but also highest uh, exhibition ever in Europe. It was so funny. Like in Sunday morning, one kilometer queue, people are waiting in the queue to watch AI dreaming in a, in a, like a former church. It was sort of meta, but I mean, it was very exciting. So I found that when the idea becomes this physically perceivable experience, appreciated by the community and the public, then becomes NFT, is a very different approach than just minting an idea and then explore on a just limited, you know, display technologies. And I, I know, I mean, you've kind of been alluding to this throughout, but a little bit of your creative process and how you're kind of bringing this data to life through AI, through the different scripts you're creating. Can you kind of demystify this process a little bit? Like at a high level, you're building and training these AI models, kind yeah. of how are you turning these massive data sets into art? Yeah, so I think again, 2016 is the year and me and my team deeply deep dive in this rabbit hole of like how AI can become a partner of a creator in the studio. So we always think AI as a partner, as a friend, as a, as a team member, never like, you know, another cold machine with a bunch of cables. Like it's really important. I think otherwise, you know, you're in the mercy Do you have a of- name for the AI? We, no. we have several names, uh, <laughs> very, very Blade Runner inspired names. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, 2017, um, thanks to Jensen Huang, the NVIDIA CEO, who was like one of our maybe early supporter in the journey. And we made a couple of experiments um, in their headquarter and also uh, actually Gamescom, the very first time RTX technology unveiled, uh, we, we made an installation together. So, so our like deep nerd world of computer graphics coming from those collaborations. And I'm very grateful that we learned probably, probably one of the best engineers, AI engineers, how to use AI. So we, over the years, use like PGGAN, StyleGAN, StyleGAN 2, and ADA, and recently OpenAI's DALI 2. Um, so the journey is really long, but it's very fundamentally simple. We think that this AI, this, this, this being, can go anywhere on the internet and write any keyword and find anything it needs. But we, of course, focus on four topics, space, nature, culture, and urban. Like these are the topics I found that they are like universal. They are belongs to humanity, such as like, you know, trees, the flowers, the clouds, the ocean, the lakes. If it's about space, like also GPL archives and so on. So we 
heavily curate. Downloading data is not hard. I mean, right now, I'm sorry to say that we make art, but you know, downloading data is very easy. Um, you, you can hack many systems and download whatever you wish. But once we download, we spend significant time by neural networks and finding humans and completely clean the data to make all about, let's say, landscapes. For example, our Google AI quantum collaboration was an exactly example, or our NASA GPL collaboration, exact, or MoMA collaboration. Like we always like look the data as an archive, as a memory, and then use certain open source neural networks, uh, image recognition algorithms, such as ResixNet, for example, can recognize images, create embeddings, and then find meaningful results, and then cluster this data into the mind of a machine and load it into the mind of a machine. And that part is style, again, algorithm training. Uh, again, over the years, we have more than 100 AI models trained on uh, many GAN algorithms. And again, grateful for NVIDIA specifically because like literally we work with uh, closely and, and thanks to the team, we also developed some softwares. So we have software in the studio that allows you to like literally real time interact with AI. Because the problem with AI imagination before all these tools right now we have six years ago, you literally don't still don't know what exactly it learned from, right? I think the practice of creating a thinking brush is also creating a custom software that you can interact with AI. So we develop a, a novel approach that let's say you have a GAN that is trained on 75 million flowers in the world. And that flowers technically represents the totality of the nature in flowers. We also worked in the data sets of Smithsonian archives. So now imagine 16,000 hand and human recognized every species in the world. So we correlate this data, not just random bunch of like images. And then we train this AI in this beautiful flower uh, dreams, right? Now imagine a tool that you can use like a little joystick and, and like an Xbox or PlayStation joystick. Now imagine you can fly. By the way, when this AI learns, it learns in 10 to 24 dimensions. I mean, how on earth, as we humans know, what is 10 to 24 dimension, right? It's like, I mean, X, Y, Z, Cartesian space, maybe D, like time or sound, but still recognizing the 10 to 24 dimension is a fundamental challenge. So this tool allowed me and the team to narrow down the universe and fly in that space and interact with AI to create the machine hallucinations. This software took four years. We represented SIGGRAPH in GTC. Like we highlight this in like major computer science um, focus um, events and, and symposiums. So it's a really deep research, not just art, but a super advanced computer graphic research. And then once the data done, this is the exciting part. Last 10 years, I think I started using exercise soft image like way like 10 years ago, Autodesk's. And it was unfortunately discontinued, but Back in time, I started like imagining about a few dynamics and obsession about like the idea of this data in flux. And 2016, start using Houdini and of course VVV and of course recently Unreal Engine and Blueprint. All these softwares are all about trying to trace the machine dreams. And these dreams can again take any shape. Uh, so that's like a like an ongoing research that I still don't know how to feel it's done. And lastly, this is very important, I guess, two years ago during the pandemic, and metaverse is a very important keyword right now, a dream happened. These flowers I mentioned, right? The flowers. Literally, we were able to create the scent of an AI dreams. There's an incredible AI called Charlie in Geneva, in Switzerland. In the, there's a company called Fermenich, by the way. They are behind all these you know, brands and perfumes like 
Prada, Gucci, whatever those perfumes. Basically, they, they create all these incredible scents and molecules. And they have an AI. So we collaborated and we show our AI's results to their AI and give keywords and it creates the scent of an AI dreams. So we are in this level of research with AI. Amazing. Amazing. Just fascinating stuff. And you know, I, I think it's funny you mentioned the Blade Runner names because you know it, it's interesting when you when you mention like AI and like machine learning and these concepts to kind right of here. like <laughs> there it is, you know, to like to the to your out to your everyday person, you know, who who isn't like fully well versed in this technology. There, there's often like there are, you know, like sometimes you see like you see there, you see people kind of like go to this dystopian like you know, f- potential future, like people think about these, like, you know, sci-fi uh, situations where like machines have taken over and and all that. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on like, what are some of like the biggest misconceptions about AI that exist and where you really feel like the space is heading? I think it's a great question. But first of all, I think I'm always an optimist. I'm always a protagonist. I do believe the world has enough problems and I'm not here to bring other problems. So that's number one. I found myself uh, from my heart feel connected with the humanity. And second, of course, I mean, the, the, the hardware, the software, what we eat, where we go, what we see, what we listen, you know, what we, <laughs> what we buy is completely in the mercy of Minnesota algorithms. And it's pretty clear that these systems can create, you know, privacy problems, self, I mean, a free will problem and privacy. And these are like a very fundamental problems of the system. So I'm not a wishful thinker. I'm not ignoring them. But the challenge is, what else can you do with the systems? And how can you be more creative? The second one is more challenging. The second one, I think as humans, we know how to serve like survival instincts. Oh, like this, this will make a problem. Oh, this will, like we, we can do this. We can say this. But the second one, being creative, is a much bigger challenge. And I think that creative thinking with machine learning algorithms, I mean, like deep mind, they are, so, they are solving the protein folding. I mean, this is like, I mean, SpaceX can find the ways of using machine learning algorithms, like they can re- repurpose like the rockets. I mean, there are ways to use the same technology to connect humanity, solve problems, make art and culture. So I'm in the optimist side of this, uh, but not, not saying nothing can go wrong. By the way, this is one of the reasons every of our installation in public, we always put screens and explain the name of the algorithm, where data comes from, who invented the algorithm, and why did we use it? So we always clearly explain this like a like a very disclaimer, like when you go to an exhibition, first of all, but you will be watching this and you are watching this and invented, you know, very clear, very open and direct. And I think this honest and direct connection with the audience creates, first of all, understanding what they are seeing and why they are seeing. And second, of course, is consciousness. Like what else can they do with that? Um, So this to me, if it's done, I don't believe the consciousness and the awareness of the system will allow people to like learn that I believe it will eliminate the problems as much as possible. For sure. I, I love that. And I, I'm curious too, because on, on your side, like I, I know there's a lot of manual development and script writing that you're doing. I think, do you see more and more solutions that are enabling artists to tap yeah. into these sorts of data visualizers? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, again, I'm very grateful that um, OpenAI team, as you know, they are behind GPT-3, DALI, like these are multi-billion parameters. These are like incredible AI models and specifically multi-model uh, approach AI, right? Meaning like different inputs creating different outputs, like from text to image. And to me, like as a, as a creator, when I, in the minds of an eye, when you start to think about an 
an, a, a moment and an artistic expression. Now you can really prompt it to an AI and it creates a whole new world. And, and you cannot believe the DALI 2, which is coming very soon, it's already in the system. And I'm one of those minimal group researching ethical aspect of it and, and practicing. It's incredible. It will change the creativity of humanity. And, and I think it's very powerful. Of course, again, 50% of things can go wrong, but other 50 is so high chance will create an incredible, profound, creative change in the humanity. Let's chat a little bit about the Living Architecture series. Yes. Tell, 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 <laughs> yeah, I'm excited too. Let, tell, me, tell, tell us a bit about that and what you're going with there. And then also the pieces you have in your, in your very first auction with Christie's. Yes. So, so first of all, I'm deeply grateful for our collaborators over the years. Um, architecture is always an incredible inspiration. I do believe that buildings are living sculptures. They are like, there's human inside, there's a function, there's culture, life survival like hospitals to schools to like private life i mean this this shell shelling from the mother nature us like as a like a space where we inhabit it's always very meaningful but what was very exciting is when you projection map a building but for me 2008 the year i was able to create an installation with a building when i projection map it the life comes first of all to me life is one of the most inspiring material in the world it can be a, like a particle, it can be a wavelength, it's a divine material, we need to survive. So like, it's just a so powerful um, material. And living architecture idea started almost three years ago during Venice Biennale architecture. And during the pandemic, we developed this project. And thanks to this incredible opportunity, we got this commission from the Gaudi's Casabatio. By the way, Gaudi, God's architect, if you don't know, yeah, he is one of the most important architects of humanity. He is way before our heroes, like, you know, Frank Gehry, Zahari, Tadu. like he was, I think, the pioneer of parametric design. He I was remember, uh, like seeing his work in Barcelona, right? Like some of some incredible, incredible, incredible work. I think if you are going to Barcelona, exactly, like Sagrada Familia, he's got a Batio, yeah. like, and, and Park Güell, and his every single building, I think, is a work of statement that is truly incredible work of art. I mean, his genius inspired from the nature transformed into the genius materials and mathematical like engineering of like how to build them. And he's a hero. Um, so it, it was a huge, huge like emotional project two years ago we started. And thanks to NFTs actually, and the Casabatio family, they are so open-minded. They are so innovative. They said like, wait, why don't we collaborate on an idea that which I have been like always pinging, like living architecture, and why don't we do that? And of course, thanks to Christie's and Noah, by the way, and all the team, they said like, wait, we are open to next level innovations. Like we support also like, you know, people's amazing piece, like human one and previous, like why not we go for, you know, next level artificial ideas. So City of Barcelona, the mayor of Barcelona, the building itself will be truly live minted to the, blockchain as a performance. So first of all, we are projection mapping the building on the 7th of May. Uh, if you're in Barcelona, you are very welcome, happy to host you. It's a public piece, seriously everyone. We created the scent of a building. So AI created by using the materials of Gaudi, we generate a scent of the building. We also put a, a live sensor in the building 
It's a weather station with a very complex data you can collect, like the wind patterns, a rain gauge, um, a humidity, like solar data. Like it's pretty much feeling of the buildings from nature. We took that data real time and create an artwork. And this artwork will be alive. And whoever the collector is will have a living facade of Gaudi um, in the form of a living artwork. So the whole idea took a lot of time, <laughs> almost a year. Like we have been like thinking about like how to execute. And thanks to the city of Barcelona, they want to celebrate this moment of cultural beacon goes to metaverse. It will be like a celebration moment on the 7th of May. And I think on the 10th, it will be auction next to my heroes, an incredible like Warhol and, you know, Van Gogh and Basquiat, an incredible artist in the history, deeply honored. Um, so I'm very excited about this project. That's absolutely fascinating. And even just to taking the data points of how the building is actually feeling and using that to influence the actual art, it's phenomenal, super exciting. Um, I think I'm curious too, like, I mean, when it comes to digital art, getting credibility, like Christie's famed auction house, credibly uh, looked up to looked up upon legacy organization. Um, like you've been in digital art for a while. Now we've seen NFTs come in, kind of bring this new win to digital yeah. art. Do you feel like NFTs have created this new wave to yes. give more respect to digital art in the fine art worlds? Thousand percent. It's a, definitely an incredible pillar, a, a moment that allowed institutions to recognize a major movement in the culture. Um, and I'm very grateful for this purpose. Again, I don't think it could happen by a technology. It could only happen because of culture, because culture brought community. And this keyword I know to you so much, but I am every morning going to my Discord and writing from my heart a thank you. Like every morning I'm right because, because the artwork is not just an image, not just a digital file. It connects. And when it connects, creates communities and those communities grow. And that's when the attention from the world taken. Um, and I think this is a very incredibly grateful moment for many creators. Um, so, and I think on behalf of many creators, I think we are getting the attention of the world. And, and again, thanks to Christie's and these incredible institutions, it is in the history. It's not anymore just an hype, an idea. It is a valid, solid, concrete moment in the history. I love that. And, you know, one thing that's really interesting is, you know, we've we've been kind of champions, obviously, of NFTs uh, and, and, and crossing the bridge and, and, and like kind of like giving a well, extending a welcoming hand to the traditional art world through like events like we did with the Gateway and, 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 and things like that. Um, and one thing that I'll often talk to uh, people in the traditional art world, whenever they kind of criticize, for example, like the quality of the art in NFTs, uh, your your work is is one of the ones I always show them, and I'm like, take a look at this. There's it's unimpeachable, you know. And and I I think it and I think it's been really interesting to see how um, there's been a shift in the traditional yes. art world in terms of like viewing yes. NFTs and the like. And I'm curious, like, how have you seen that manifest personally? Because you yeah. were obviously championing this prior, um, yeah. you know, for a long time, and then it it's been quite a you know, it happened slowly, then all at once, kind of, kind of like moment in terms of like, like being embraced. So I just love to hear how you being at the forefront of that, how that's been like firsthand. I think it's 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 a very again. I, I'm from my heart very grateful for the movement because first of all, during pandemic, either or way, like the attention for the physical and virtual worlds collide. Unfortunately, some people 
in a physical, mental, and financial situations have been completely shifted. So that's a very, very problematic for humanity. But at the meantime, a new culture arises. I, I always feel like it's 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 a two parallel narratives happen for humanity. And to me, that time, that two years of window, humanity at the same time, at the same conditions, look together a moment. So I wouldn't, first of all, believe this may happen if the world was completely open in a physical context. I believe there was this great opportunity for the moment that we focus together a moment. And second, I think, um, to at least in my humble universe of works, people's attention to digital art is not anymore, you know, another file. Uh, the narrative, like the depth to surface. I think people start to give also value to the depth to surface. And again, everything can become art. Everything can become a beautiful piece of experience. But truly the amount of work, amount of like time, resource, knowledge, experience, these are becoming now quantifiable. And I believe this is something incredible for many people who have been crafting their skill sets for years. Um, and the other awesome things, I guess, is like research. Like if you think about everyone is like looking at each other, like, first of all, the positivity in the space is incredible. I'm a positive person and I love positive people. And when suddenly like you land in this world, whoa, like this is real. You know, yeah. that, that feeling is, <laughs> that feeling is incredible. And maybe one more thing that I found also exciting is, it might, I'm teaching last eight years, uh, first of all, and I'm teaching is one of my most important um, inspiring, I guess, thing in life. Sharing is happiness, happiness sharing. Even there, like, you know, generations of change is happening at the moment, seeing bright questions, the ideas that are like equally shared, so much positivity there. Uh, by the way, Casey Rias, one of my hero and professor and also behind Feral File and also like MoMA collaboration, and he's, an, he's a pioneer of generative arts. Like he invented processing. The, the software had been used, you know, art blocks and all this. Like they're like pretty much fundamentally, you know, he's a pioneer of the movie with Ben Fry. Working with this movement and the pioneers of the field, getting recognition of the pioneers who have been thinking these ideas. I mean, this is truly incredible. And again, before NFTs, I don't believe there was the same attention. I don't believe these incredible people who have been, you know, resourcefully working in this field for decades didn't get the same level of um, attention and recognition. So I, I'm extremely grateful that the focus is there and history is taken serious. And I'm, I'm curious too, when it comes to like technical innovations that yes. are, are changing and enabling new levels of creativity, obviously NFTs are one, you've been very close with, uh, you've been mentioned collaborating with Google and NVIDIA and what are other technical innovations that we're, we're kind of on the precipice of that, yeah. that you're very excited about and how yes. they're going to enable new levels of creativity? So this is a great question. So first of all, I've been start, I started using this you know, display technology in my work in 2011, 11 years ago. So for me, putting the data painting or a sculpture on a, on a display was always uh, there as a practice. Um, but what I saw is working with you know, LG and Samsung. I mean, these are two giants of display technology, seeing their involvement and supporting the NFT technology, letting their devices to show it. I mean, these are amazing, like just happened in two years. Um, so that's very, I think, great news that we will see a lot of machines, advanced displays will be allowing collectors and creators to showcase their pieces. The second, I mean, I'm grateful for Epic Games last year, 
we got an incredibly a major award from Epic Games, Mega Grants, for Data Land. So Data Land is our humble take on Metaverse. And for me, it's not just wearing a giant TV on my face. It is a purely, for me, where the physical and virtual connects. So we are inventing this multi-sensory, a real-time Metaverse in a physical world, opening in Los Angeles. So we are deeply pushing the computer graphics in that universe. Um, and also, we work with quantum AI team at Google. We were able to plot real-time subatomic quantum computation noise data to an AI and mint 1,000 unique artworks using unique B-strings. So to me, this type of innovation at NFTs, I don't know if people are aware of it, but it's the very first Google logo used smart contract, by the way. Um, so it was for a symposium in last year at Google AI Quantum. And knowing this innovation, allowing us to like, use this complex technology, make art and NFT, this is very inspiring. And I think we will see a lot of unique bit strings coming from the quantum computer. I mean, ideally, right? I mean, the uniqueness of an artwork uh, and the uniqueness of a mathematical number, they are not two different worlds. Like, I mean, imagine three qubit quantum machine creating a unique number that is attached to a, a beautiful image. So to me, that's one of the rarest things you can create uh, in, in this creativity. This is exciting. And then dynamic NFT. So thanks to Manifold Friends, I mean, Richard and everyone Wilkins, we have been like collaborating closely. And then uh, in, in our custom smart contracts, we are exploring upcoming very exciting things, maybe a little bit early to say, but we are constantly thinking how to create generative thinking. Uh, I mean, we saw a lot of generative ideas on the PFPs as well, but... And an infinite living artworks to me is an absolute landscape we will see a lot in and across like universe of NFTs. Um, and the lastly, display technology again. To me, I'm coming from again these uncompressed files, um, millions of molecules of particles, and 8K, 16K renderings. To me, still we have a lot of room to grow to use really high-end art experiences. Like for example, when people, when our collectors come to our city in Los Angeles, when they see their artwork in an, in, an, in an ultimate conditions, they are shocked. Oh, I thought it's like in the OpenSea or some website. I said, no, 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 they are just representations. The real artwork <laughs> is, unfortunately, is really hard to compute or put in the metaverse at the moment. But imagine this gap should be closed, um, I hope. <laughs> Absolutely. And I love that, that you mentioned that, like thinking about like, you know, different ways of displaying things and, and you are so known for these immersive experiences. So I have to ask, I can't, why, like, I've got to get inside your head on this. Like, how are you thinking about the metaverse and how it plays into your own artistry and how your art can exist there in a way that you can't in the physical world? Oh, so it's a, it's a great question. So first of all, when you start like imagining like many of the creators, we don't like gravity, like gravity is so boring, right? Like you just need to think about Newtonian reality. I mean, in that universe, like in, in, in the verse, in any verse, I think this biased physical quality of life can be deconstructed. That itself is one amazing news. The second is building a space in physical world is extremely hard, expensive, and takes an enormous resource. But building a world in a virtual space is a different. So we start, I'm using Unreal Engine more than many years, but specifically for this world making, 
we are deep into the computer graphics, uh, really in the mercy of every single VRM, every single potential like rendering techniques. Like we are going as high end as possible to render the ultimate reality we can. Like really going to the next level photonic, like we are rendering every single photons to make the real feeling. And the second is, to me is hyper real sounds. So we are collaborating with um, L Acoustics. This is a, by the way, amazing, like Dolby, like, like these are incredible companies who have been like rendering the music for us, sound. So we are working with the hyper real sound effects. Like we are literally um, engineering some next level sound experiences. Because in, in our past, um, like Articles experience in New York, there was 32 channel sound. Uh, in Istanbul, we had 18 channel sound. Uh, in Hong Kong, 12-channel sound. Like the sound is a very powerful element. Uh, and again, also thankful to our, you know, technology partners like Epson and Dataland. We have more than 100 projectors. Uh, so like, it, it, like we are really on the edge of um, next level computer graphics, sound experience. And I think that will create this extremely high-end simulation where the physical and virtual meets. Um, that's, that's my inner take, but also this is very important. Maybe this will be great news. During the pandemic, unfortunately, uh, school closed UCLA. I'm a researcher there. And I was just thinking, yes, we can go to nature, but can nature come to us? That was a very hard answer because in the pandemic, we couldn't go anywhere. And I started like posting uh, machine dreaming natures. And one of the UCLA neuroscientists, Taylor Kuhn and his team, and I ping them and say, hey, if the machines are empty at UCLA, can we look the impact of artwork in the human brain? Because we are getting these incredible reactions over the world when we watch this piece, we had this you know, ethereal feeling, soul and mind connection. There's some profound messages, personal messages like exist in my just data, thousands of them. And I said, is it something we can quantify? Is it something we can understand what happens? And I'm very grateful to say last two years in pandemic, we research anxiety, depression, Alzheimer's, dementia. And I'm very happy to say that in a couple of months, we have quantifying results of these experiences are becoming profoundly quantifiable, good for human mind. It's amazing. I will, that, that, that's like a from heart, like I'm really, that is, that, that may change the world. I guess. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Well, um, Rafiq, I mean, as, as we come towards a close, I'm very curious. I mean, obviously you got the living architecture piece coming up with the first auction at Christie's, but like 2022 beyond infinity, but what, what's coming up? So first of all, I think, I mean, very cliche, I know, but Discord is where I'm doing my best to share all the information, but uh, that's where I live, I guess, half of my life. But um, I mean, serious, from, from the serious perspective, we took it very important that every single collector we have is an important data point. So we are doing physical, so every single NFT we shared so far comes with a physical. So we thought that we should pair the physical and virtual world. So we are doing burn mechanics, we, we invented like factor system where we appreciate our longer holder collectors quantifying data wise. We are also creating an algorithm that knows how long you hold the piece that will elevate you to an Eve diamond club, I guess. And then we are giving back deeply thankful um, response to our collector community. Our recent SpaceX drop well received and we, ra we raised $2.5 million charity 
for Sanjit Hospital, our collector community donated one whole day of a hospital operation. Like they literally, I mean, this is an incredible from our, again, my heart, important aspect of our incredible community. And then um, the living architecture will change the world. I think most likely after Christie's auction and once the piece goes to metaverse, I think we will see an incredible movement, a living architecture as a form of NFT art. And I'm deeply grateful for inventing and innovating these ideas in the future. So we have many exciting um, news coming about major collaborations with institutions. Incredible, incredible. Well, Rafiq, it has been a pleasure. We could do a whole nother hour, honestly, diving deeper and deeper and deeper down <laughs> this you. rabbit hole. But it's, it's, a, it's a pleasure chatting with you. Um, really excited to see all, all these projects you have in the works and uh, excited to continue the conversation. Best of Thank luck, you. brother. Thank you for sharing. Amazing, amazing to you too. Man, that was a super fun conversation. What stood out to you, Matt? Wow, where to begin? I mean, he is just so clearly passionate about the space, this technology, and I think he has a really uh, astute way of communicating about it and helping people who aren't as technically savvy understand that this is game-changing and why it can be game-changing. I think he helped really demystify some areas of of AI uh, that that I myself wasn't even uh, aware of. And I I just loved, loved his energy and, you know, around bringing this technology, this art, this potential to a wider audience through these immersive installations, inviting people in. So many of like the same ethos and 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 uh, priorities that we actually have here at NFT now. Like it felt like a like just it felt really special speaking to him on these points. Uh, what stood out for you, Sam? Yeah, no, that was it. I mean, his his passion spoke for itself. I think um, how he's really diving deep into understanding these different technologies and using this to uh, really create art out of life. Like I, I think technology, he's using data to get scaled versions of what's already happening in this very natural and organic way and then reinterpret that in this visual artistic sense. So I think um, it's really just interesting view at the, the intersection between like what is organic, what is living versus what is digital? And like, is there really a barrier at all between the two? So um, I'll be noodling on that for the the next couple of days myself. Um, With that said, really enjoyed, grateful for his time. Um, If you guys haven't already, definitely be sure to check out our Discord. Um, You could go to uh, the the link in our Twitter bio, twitter.com slash NFT now. We're diving into uh, tons of different conversations on projects we're excited about, getting to learn more about projects that you guys are working on. So don't be a stranger. Lots of fun things coming down the pipeline there. But uh, there you have it. Another week, another NFT now podcast. We'll be back next week. Until then, we out.